SealingGodsPeople.org with your host, Dennis Beard. On the 19th of January, 2019, the Lord Jesus visited us, saying, Seal my people by my word as the angel ascending from the east, having the seal of the living God, so send I you. Now we're at the Passover season. There with the death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. And we want to talk about that on this podcast and how it applies to you and I, the believers. And what significance does it have for us today? Not just that Jesus died, buried, and rose again, the death, burial, and resurrection, but what that entails for us, the body of Christ, in the work of the ministry. For he gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, until we all come into the unity of the faith, unto the knowledge of the Son of God. That knowledge is not gnosko, but epigonosko. In other words, higher knowledge, not just knowing Jesus after the Spirit and not after the flesh, but coming to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Jesus Christ unto a perfect man. Now, that work of the ministry is what we're going to focus on through this Passover season, which is the 14th day of Nisan. So we find in Leviticus 23 that God's going to give us the seasons of God. These are the feasts of the Lord, not the feast of the church, not the feast of Israel, but the feast of the Lord. There's no other way to eat the flesh of Jesus and to drink his blood except through these feasts. They are so important that the Antichrist, the man of sin, the son of perdition, in the last days will think to change times and laws. He will think to change the times and seasons of the Lord. And that is why it's so important that it's given for us as Paul stated in 1 Thessalonians 5th chapter, it's given to us to know the times and seasons that the Lord has put in place for us to know in knowledge that that day and that night will not overtake us as a thief in the night, for we're children of the day. So we're going to focus on this Passover week. Christ, our Passover sacrifice for us. The Lord will fulfill all the Levitical 23 feasts of the Lord in the days of his flesh. It will be finished. All the price in the shed blood of the righteous blood of Jesus Christ will pay for it all. He will take away the sin of the world. In Leviticus 23, we talk about the seasons, the Moed. These are divine appointments of God with mankind. And we find that this will be a beginning of months to you. And it'll be the 14th day of Nisan, the first month, or Abib, that this will be the Lord's Passover. Now, in Egypt, whenever you were going to be brought out with a great and mighty hand of the Lord. The first thing that you did was take a meal of the first year, 
Keep it up for four days. Find that it's spotless and blameless. Slay that lamb. And then take the blood and apply it to the lintel and the doorpost. When you applied it, you literally put a tav, the aloft through the tav. The tav is the last letter of the Hebrew ABC theory. And you would place that up on the lintel and the two doorposts. And when you would make that tab, that is a cross. And it is the last letter of the Hebrew, ABCDary, meaning salvation. It's the 22nd letter of the Hebrew, ABCDary. By doing this, when the Lord passed through, after destroying all the gods of Egypt, from the god of the Nile, Osiris, Isis, all of the Ra, the sun god, and each individual god there in Egypt he destroyed with the ten plagues. And he started out with turning that Nile River into blood by the rod, that rod that was given, the rod of God given to Moses. Jesus will fulfill each one of these feasts of the Lord in Leviticus 23. We're focusing on that Passover, which will be the 14th day of the first month, is the Lord's Passover. To understand Passover, that the children of Israel had served under Pharaoh for over 400 years in bondage, under taskmasters. And at that time, God told Moses that go down and deliver my people for I've seen their affliction, I've heard their cry, go down and deliver my people out of Egypt. Moses said, I'm slow of speech, and how can I, a man, deliver that Israel that had multiplied so greatly in Egypt of 600,000 men, not counting women and children? And he asked, what is your name, that when... When they ask me who sent me, I can tell them who is this God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And the Lord spoke to Moses out of the burning bush, as you all know, I am that I am. And Aaron was given to be his mouthpiece. God tells Moses he's going to show forth his glory and lift his name up that all will know in the earth, that he is God. He is the Lord Jehovah. He is the God Almighty that reigns in the earth. He will take each individual God and destroy them one by one in Egypt. As Moses goes down into Egypt, the first one, the first God that he's going to destroy is Osiris, the God of the underworld. And that Nile River was supposed to be his blood, his bloodstream. Then there was Hatmehet. That was a goddess of fish and fishermen. There were several other gods. Canaan, Hapai. All of these was a spirit of the Nile. And that Canum, K-H-N-U-M. It was a human male with a ram's head that was supposed to be a giver and guardian of the Nile River. All of these gods were associated with the Nile. 
And what does God do? The first judgment, it tells Moses, stretch forth your rod over the Nile, and the waters will be turned into blood. Not only the Nile River, but all the pools of water and all the vessels of wood and stone, everything in Egypt that had water was turned to blood for seven days. So God is destroying all the gods of Egypt. The second one is going to be the frogs. And the frogs, they had the, the god Hegat. That was a god of birth and a wife of creator of the world. And it showed a body of a woman with a frog head. And then you had uh, uh, Hapai. That was a crocodile god. And it had uh, a frog goddess. There were the gods Noon and Kek and Hay was a man. And a man had a frog's head. These were gods of Egypt. God destroyed them by frogs. And if a man stepped on a frog, he could be subject unto death. Because he killed a frog. What does God do? He infiltrates the land with the plague of frogs. Frogs in the big chambers. Frogs everywhere they went. He caused frogs to go over all the land in their bedchambers, uh, in their kneading troughs, everywhere they went. was was impossible for the Egyptians not to kill these frogs. There were so many in abundance. He takes care of that God, the second judgment, the second, second plague upon Egypt. The magicians in Egypt did the same things with their enchantments. But now there will be the third God, and that God of the earth, Geb, G-E-B. And what does he do there? God causes lice to come up out of the earth of the dust of the land, and they could not stop it. There the enchantments of the soothsayers, and the magicians tried to emulate this same judgment of God, but they could not. After that, he does swarms, and that fourth judgment in the swarms of uh, the scarab beetle or the dung beetle, and that was Kepper, K-H-E-P-E-R. It was a man with a dung beetle in the place of his head. He destroys that god. He is literally destroying every god of Egypt. Somebody said, what does that have to do with us? In the last days and the judgments of God, he will destroy every God out of this earth. That the Lord God alone will be God and his name revealed to all the earth for all nations to know that the Lord Jesus Christ alone is God. He is the father of glory. He is the Elohim. He is El Shaddai. He is the Lord Jehovah God Almighty. Then he destroyed the God there of cattle. Bulls were considered uh, sacred. Peta, P-T-A-H, P-T-A-H, was a creation God represented by a living bull. The Apis bull, A-P-I-S, A-P-I-S bull, that bull, uh, when died, was mourned and was literally set in a tomb as Pharaoh, was embalmed 
just like they would embalm a Pharaoh because that bull was considered deity. God destroys uh, all the cattle upon the land, taking care of that God, showing only he is God. Then he brings the bulls, the, the six, the blains upon the earth, and he smites the land of Egypt with the bulls breaking forth upon all the beasts and upon man in Egypt. Each God he is destroying. That was Nephertim, the God of healing, Isis, the Trinity wife of Osiris. All of these were supposed to be able to give life, and their God is destroying that God. Then the rain, and he gave that seventh judgment of rain that fell from heaven as hail and mingled with fire. And at that time again, he is destroying Nephertim the God of grain and the crops, and he destroys all. And Osiris again, he destroys Osiris. In each of the judgments of God, he's destroying every individual God of Egypt. The same that he will do in the last days when he gives his four sword judgments upon the earth. Famine, pestilence, sword, and noisome beast. The seventh there, we had that rain the eighth plague of locust and that's where you had Shu, S-H-U the god of the air and Ammon, the god of the wind God destroys these two all over the face of the earth the locust ate all of the vegetation and the residue that had escaped was destroyed by the locust God destroying every false god in Egypt then we come to darkness. They serve the god Ra, the sun god. So the ninth judgment will be darkness. Darkness that you could feel. Darkness for three days. That they would not move for three full days. That darkness uh, which could be felt stretched over Egypt. Everyone that was in their place did not move from his place. If one was in a, a, a chair or one was in a bed, they did not move for three full days, God destroying the god Ra, the sun god. All that led up to the tenth judgment of the death of the firstborn. And here again, Sebek, the god of protection, the fertility. And this epitomized with the pharaohs. And you had Penentet. That's, that is... Uh, R-E-N-E-N-U-T-E-T, the God who appeared as a vulture. It was supposed to be a special protector God. And uh, uh, it was supposed to uh, protect all mankind as well as Osiris, the giver and protector of life. What does God do? Kills all the firstborn, destroying the gods, every god of Egypt. The point being that God will do the same in the last days. In the book of the Revelation, as well as the apocalyptic books of Ezekiel, Daniel, he shows that he will do the seven, the seven seals, seven trumpets, seven vials, seven times will pass upon the earth, and it will literally destroy every god of the earth. And all that was, is left in the earth will worship the Lord God. 
for his name will be one, and there will be one ruler, one king over all the earth, and his name one, which is Jesus. He will reveal his everlasting name. In Leviticus 23, we find that he puts a separation between his people and the people of the world, worshiping false gods. We take that lightly, thinking that any way that we say we worship Jesus is okay. But the truth is, many will come in the name of Jesus and shall deceive many. Somebody said, how can that be? Because you have a false God using the name Jesus. These gods do not give Jesus the glory that he is the everlasting father, that he is the God of all creation, that he is the creator, the Lord Jehovah God Almighty. They will say he's God Jr. He's the second person of the Godhead, but they fail to give the Lord Jesus the glory of the Father. So every knee's going to bow. Every tongue's going to confess that Jesus Christ is the Lord. The Lord is the Lord Jehovah God Almighty to the glory of the Father. He didn't go to the glory of the Son. He went to the glory of the Father. So the work of God in the last days will be these four sword judgments, famine, pestilence, sword, and noisome beast to reveal Jesus Christ, not to reveal the Antichrist, to reveal Jesus Christ. So we're going to see that Jesus fulfilled everything on the cross. And when he said it is finished, the everlasting covenant, the blood bought New Testament, blood in the New Testament given for you for justification, redemption, sanctification, and our ultimate glorification. Because he is God. He's not God Jr. He's not the second person of the Godhead. He is Jehovah, God Almighty, the Father of glory, the mighty God, the everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. There's not another. You can't divide the Spirit of God if you do, neighbor. You're in trouble. And that's the reason why the sealing, only those that will be sealed in the last days, for these judgments of God, they'll be able to stand in these days. It's simply because they give him the glory that he is the father of glory. They know the real Jesus. They know the true God and eternal life. And the sealing is happening now. You're sealed that after you've received the word of God, you were sealed by that Holy Spirit of promise. We have to be sealed by that word through the spirit of God. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. It's through the word. And the final sealing will be in the last days in Revelation 7, that the Lord is preparing his body now for those that have an ear to hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. In Leviticus 23, the first season was that of Passover. In Passover, we're going to have three feasts. That is the feast of Passover on the 14th day of the first month, Nisan. Then on the 15th day for the next seven days will be the Feast of Unleavened Bread. Then you're going to have the Feast of First Fruits. That is, that is after the death, burial, and resurrection, he will, death and burial, he will raise from the grave. He will be the first fruits from the dead, the first begotten from the dead, the Lord Jesus Christ. So the first season of Passover 
you have the Feast of Passover, the Feast of Unleavened Bread, and the Feast of First Fruits, Death, Burial, and Resurrection of Jesus. Then you number seven sevens, or seven times seven, 49, and on the morrow, that would be 50 days from First Fruits. You will number seven times seven and on the morrow or 50 days from first fruits will be the feast of weeks. Now in the, in the feast of first fruits, you waved a wave sheaf with unleavened. Why? Because he's the only spotless, sinless man that's ever lived. That's a wave sheaf, singular. But when you come to Pentecost, the feast of weeks, that you'll number seven weeks and on the morrow are 50 days from first fruits will be two wave sheaves with leaven. Why? Because the church, even though that we are saved, sanctified by the blood of Jesus Christ, saved by grace through faith, that we, any man says he has not sinned, is a liar and the truth is not in him. The only sinless man there ever was is Jesus Christ. That's the reason, though, even though we have been redeemed, we've been redeemed there by the blood of Jesus Christ because while and yet we were sinners, Christ died for us. That's the reason the wave sheaves are with leaven on the Feast of Weeks. Then a long time passed, and we come to the seventh month. In the first day of the seventh month, that is Tishri, our ethnaim, you will have the Feast of Blowing of Trumpets. Now, that Feast of the Blowing of Trumpets will be for 10 days. It'll be from the first of the first day of the seventh month until the 10th day. And during that time will be introspection, where the Israelite will look to himself to see whether he be in the faith and examine himself and be afflicted. Any soul that's not afflicted would be cut off. Then you've come to the Day of Atonement. That Day of Atonement, there is that atoning blood of Jesus Christ and Him alone. There, after that, the sixth, that's the sixth feast. Then you come to the seventh feast in that third season, which is the Feast of Tabernacles. It was on the 15th day of the seventh month. And on that first day, you offered 13 bullocks along with the other sacrifices, the other offerings. But in addition, you would offer 13 bullocks on the first day, 12 bullocks on the second day, 11 bullocks on the third day, 10 bullocks on the fourth day, 9 bullocks on the fifth day, 8 bullocks on the sixth day, 7 bullocks on the seventh day, making a total of 70 bullocks. And in the table of nations in Genesis 10, it's a bullock for every nation. Why? Because the Lord on that cross shed his blood and redeemed all nations out of the world to him. Therefore, there are 70 nations mentioned in the book of nations, which is Genesis 10. And there's 70 bulls. For the kings of this world will become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ. There on that, uh, that seven days, you have offered 70 bullocks. And on the eighth day, you offer only one. Because there will only be one king over all the earth. 
and his name one, Zechariah 14, which is Jesus Christ. Now, that means for us, and you'll see in the book of Revelation, every one of these feasts will be seen in the revealing of Jesus Christ. Why? Because everything God has ever done, he's going to do again one more time. Let me say that again. Every judgment of God, every redemption miracle that Jesus did in the days of his flesh, and every kingdom miracle of Elijah, God will do one more time in the revelation or the revealing of Jesus Christ in and through his saints called the work of the ministry, which you and I are called for. So if you have an ear to hear, you need to call me, neighbor. Call me, Dennis Beard. God's calling his body out right now to come together as one body in the unity of the faith and to the knowledge of the Son of God. To do that, you have to know the seasons, the times and the seasons, not the day they are, but the times and the seasons that God has put in his own power to be revealed in the last day. Search you out of the book and read. Not one of these things shall fail. To do that, we have to have the spirit of prophecy. To understand these things, it's only revealed by the spirit. Not through seminaries, not through Bible colleges, not getting a doctorate of divinity or, uh, or uh, a PhD of theology. It has to be revealed by the Holy Ghost. Not too many wise and not too many rich are called. But if you're one of those that are called, give us a call. As we band together in one, God getting his army ready for the work of the ministry to preach this everlasting gospel to all the world for a witness unto all nations. And then the end will come. You're going to see all the seven feasts in the book of the Revelation. You're going to find that Jesus said they're going to throw you into prison for 10 days. Well, what's the 10 days? Well, that's the 10 days of all. That's the Feast of Trumpets. Be you faithful unto death, I'll give you a crown of life. It's a ministry voice of Jesus. It's the Feast of the Lord happening in and through the body of Christ, just as Jesus said it would happen. But you have to hear for the time to come. Oh, that they were wise, that they would understand their latter end. To the law and to the testimony. If any speak not according to this word, it is because there's no light in them. What law? The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. By keeping that, you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. What's the testimony? The testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Revelation 19.10. Everything in the revelation of Jesus shows us and reveals to us the work of the ministry where God will reveal himself one more time to all the world for a witness unto all nations. He said he would in Daniel 9, 24 through 27, that he then 70 weeks that are tumbled upon thy holy city, Jerusalem, to rebuild and to restore Jerusalem even in troublous times, even in the time of great tribulation. And he will, he will seal up the vision. He will anoint the most holy. He'll make an end of sins and the transgressions. 
And then he says in Daniel 9, 27, he will confirm the covenant with many for one week. Not a Shabuah, but a Heptad, a week of years. But Jesus was cut off in the midst of the week. In Passover, he was cut off in the midst of the week, but not for himself. And who shall declare his generation? In the crucifixion psalm, in Psalm 22, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? The last verse, it said that there will be a generation that shall be counted for the seed. That seed is a terminal generation. It's a generation that will proclaim Jesus to all the world, and then the end will come. In the crucifixion Psalms, we find that Jesus spoke those sayings exactly on the cross. And what we, as a body of Christ, will go through in the last days, at a time of trouble, since it never was, since it was a nation, neither ever will be again. Except those days be shortened, there should no flesh be saved, but for the elect's sake. The elect is not natural Israel. It's the elect, the church. For the elect's sake, those days are shortened. There, in the work of the ministry, you are called. If you are in the body of Christ, no matter where you're at, what level you're at, maybe you've just repented. You're in a fundamental church somewhere. You know there's more, but you don't know what it is. Give us a call. The body of Christ is coming together. But it's to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Not just repentance and a warm up pew. Not just to sit there and say, well, I, I have and I've been baptized in the name of Jesus Christ and I have the Holy Ghost. Or you may say, I'm, I'm, I'm spirit filled, but I know there's more. There is more. It's a call going through the land right now. The call going through the land right now is the people of God gathering together in one. Just as it said to the oath of the tribes in Genesis 49 and the song of Moses and, and Deuteronomy 32 and 33. That Joseph had the horns of a unicorn for that he pushes and gathers the nations together. He pushes them together in one, one faith, one unity of the faith. That faith that was once delivered to the saints is the testimony of Jesus showing to his servants things that must shortly come to pass. Sent and signified it by his angel unto John. Jesus in that week, because this is the Passover week. There's three seasons, Passover, Feast of Weeks, and Tabernacles. In those three seasons are seven feasts. The first season of uh, Passover, you have three feasts. Feast of Passover, Feast of Unleavened Bread, Feast of First Fruits. In the second season, Shavat, Feast of Weeks, where you have the wave sheaf and the way the wave sheaves now. It's open to us, the church. Acts 2, Acts the second chapter. There, receiving the Holy Ghost. That is the second season in the Feast of Weeks. That's the fourth feast of the Lord. In the last season, the Feast of Tabernacles. In that last season of Tabernacles, there are three feasts. The Feast of Trumpets, the Day of Atonement, and the Feast of Tabernacles, which is also the Feast of Sevens, the Feast of Ingathering, the Feast of Prophecy, uh, the Feast of All Feasts. That is the Feast of Charity. 
Charity is the final growth of the church into the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. These are the ones that's added to their faith virtue. They've added to virtue knowledge. My people perish for lack of knowledge, but they don't stop there. They've added to their knowledge temperance. For the man of God must be temperate in all things. And temperance, self-control, ruling over the spirit well, over the human spirit well. Then there is patience. That after you've done the will of God, you have need of patience. But you've got to add to your patience godliness. And that godliness is a God life. That godliness is God manifest in the flesh. Jesus Christ is come in the flesh. Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is the spirit of God. But not just the spirit of God. It names that spirit. Who is it? Jesus Christ. It's the Father. Somebody said, well, it's not the Father. It's the Son manifest. It's Christ in me. Well, there's one body, one spirit, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God who's above all, the Father of all, through all and in us all. Who's in you? The Father. Who is that? Jesus Christ. Who is that? That's the Holy Ghost. Jesus said, I'll pray the Father, send you another comforter, whom the world cannot receive, because it saith him not, neither knoweth him, but you know him, for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. When Jesus is glorified, after he become in a uh, emptied out state, made himself of no reputation, becoming a man like one of us to redeem us and under the law, then he's going back to his former glory, glorified by the Father's own self, they're set down with the Father in his throne. There you have the whole work of Jesus, working salvation in and of himself alone, Ephesians 1. God was manifest in the flesh, 1 Timothy 3.16. That mystery of God and of the Father and of Christ, Colossians 2, 1 through 9. In him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, in whom are hidden all treasures of wisdom and knowledge. That is the revelation of Jesus. But you and I are called for the work of the ministry. And the only way we get there is through the spirit of prophecy. The spirit of prophecy is that testimony that we must come to. To the law. To the testimony. To what? The testimony of Jesus. What is that testimony? It's the faith that was once delivered to the saints. Knowing those things that are coming upon the earth to try the earth. Oh, earth, 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 hear ye the word of the Lord. In the days of Jesus' flesh, God's own body of flesh and blood, literally glorifying his own human back to himself, for God was in Christ, reconciling the world back into himself. Now we pray ye in Christ's stead, as ambassadors of Christ, be ye reconciled to God, and has given to us the word of reconciliation. Jesus is going to fulfill all the feast of the Lord in Leviticus 23. He's going to shed his righteous, holy blood. And by so doing, will redeem us back, declared to be the Son of God through the Spirit by the resurrection from the dead, being our propitiation, dying in our stead. So in that last week of Jesus, we're going to start with Palm Sunday. Well, we'll start really before Palm Sunday. We'll go to Matthew 26 and John 12. Now, somebody said there's a discrepancy there because Simon the leper was given a feast to the Lord and 
Matthew's going to say it's two days, uh, two days before, before the feast of Passover. And you're going to see that in Matthew 26. And it came to pass when Jesus had finished all these sayings, he said to the disciples, you know that after two days is the feast of Passover and the Son of Man is betrayed to be crucified. Now they were at Simon the leper's house. At this time, you're going to find a very costly spike nerd uh, there anointing the feet of Jesus. And then he's going to go from there and make ready the Passover meal. That supper that he's going to eat with his disciples. And we're going to pick that up in John 12. Now John 12 is going to say, Then Jesus six days before the Passover came to Bethany, where Lazarus, which had been dead, whom he raised from the dead, and then they made him a supper. And somebody said, that's the same one. I believe it's a different one, simply because it says Mary, Martha, and Lazarus there, where in Matthew 26... He does not. There's a woman with an alabaster box. That's true. He's in the house of Simon the leper. That is true. But why couldn't there be two? Somebody said, well, there's an accident. Maybe it wasn't recorded right. I disagree. Every jot and every tittle in this word is correct. In the spiritual sense. Now, in the natural sense, by the reading of the letter, you're going to find a discrepancy like the porch of Solomon being 30 cubits high. And in, and in uh, Chronicles, it's going to say 120 cubits high because the spiritual number there is, is revealed not in the natural, but in the spiritual. And there's a reason for everything in the spirit. So a natural contradiction will drive us to see the truth in the spirit. It may appear to be a contradiction in the natural flesh, but it will turn out to be a great spiritual truth in the truth and the spirit, by the spirit of truth. With that in mind, we read John 12. Now, it's in a supper there made by Simon the leper. And it says, Martha served. And we're going to assume this is in the same house because it looks the same. But we're going to see in in John 12, it says in six days before the Passover, they came to Bethany where Lazarus, which had been dead, and he raised from the dead, and there they made him a supper, and Martha served. Lazarus was there. Now, Lazarus caused a great stir, and they wanted to kill Lazarus because many people left the synagogues and believed on Jesus. So, rather than join the truth, they just wanted to kill Lazarus. Now, notice that now it says, tells us exactly what happens. Mary took a pound of ointment of spikenard, very costly, anointed the feet of Jesus, wiped his feet with her hair, and the house was filled with the odor of the ointment. And we're going to apply this to the last day church, that it will be a sweet savor to the Lord God Almighty, being the feet generation of the church which will be counted for the seed. And there you see that Jesus said, this generation shall not pass away till all these things be fulfilled. 
We find that in Psalm 22 at the very last verse. This will be counted for the seed for the generation. It's a terminal generation. It's the generation of Jesus, the work of the ministry, the ministry of Jesus. Then one of the disciples, which was Jesus Iscariot, which should betray him, said, why wasn't this ointment sold for 300 pence? There's another of the numbers in Bible numerics. 300 is the number of the man-child. 30 is the price of blood. It's also the years that a high priest would take his office, 30 years of age. That's the reason Jesus took his office of a high priest as a man, made it under the law, that he fulfilled the priesthood, taking it at age 30. Numbers 4 tells us that. Now, 30 pieces of silver he's betrayed. That's the price of blood. Silver for redemption. 300, the number of the man-child. And that 300, Judas Iscariot said, why couldn't it be so for 300 pence and give it to the poor? Jesus said, you have the poor with you always. Me, me, you have not always. Much people of the Jews therefore knew that he was there. Jesus was there. And they came not for Jesus' sake only, but that they might see Lazarus. Why? Because he was raised from the dead. They knew it. But the chief priests consulted that they might put Lazarus also to death. Not only Jesus, but let's kill Lazarus too. Why? Because the ones that hate Jesus are murderers. Because by, by reason of that Lazarus, many of the Jews went away and believed on Jesus. Verse 12 of John 12 says, On the next day, much people that were come to the feast, when they heard that Jesus was coming in to Jerusalem. This is Palm Sunday. They took branches and a palm trees. That's reason they call it Palm Sunday. They took branches and palm trees because saying, Hosanna, Hosanna, blessed is the King of Israel that cometh in the name of the Lord. The name of the Lord Jehovah God Almighty is Jesus Christ. And Jesus came on a young ass and sat there on as it's written, it said, Fear not, daughter of Zion. Behold, thy king cometh to you, setting on an ass's coat. A badge of a king. The coat being the, uh, the badge of a king. These things understood not the disciples at first, but when Jesus was glorified. See, he's in his human state now, but he's going to be glorified back to where he was before. With the Father's own self, John seventeen five. The people there that were with him. When he called Lazarus out of his gate, raised him from the dead, they bear record. For this cause of peace all also met him, for they heard that he had done this miracle. Now there were certain Greeks among them, also that came up to worship at the Feast of Passover. Now remember the Feast of Passover is on the 14th day of Nisan, or Abib, the first, the first religious month of that religious year. And Jesus is going to give us some things that we're going to need to know in the book of the Revelation. When they came to Philip and Andrew and asked, we would see Jesus. And Philip and Andrew came to Jesus and said, they, they want to, they're calling for you, Jesus. Jesus didn't walk out and shake hands with them and said, hi, my name's Jesus. How you doing? Jesus said, as he went out to to meet the ones that came 
there asking to see Jesus. They, Jesus came out and said, except a grain of corn of wheat fall into the ground and die. He's speaking of his, of his death, shedding his blood. And he calls himself a grain of corn, a corn of wheat. As long as that corn of wheat abides there, nothing's going to happen. But if it dies and it's buried, it's going to bring forth much fruit. And that's just going to be why we will come into first fruits because he lives, we live. But we have to be crucified with him by baptism, born of the water, and receive his spirit. That is the Holy Ghost. Jesus is the Holy Ghost, Christ in you, the hope of glory. And Jesus said, except the corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abideth alone. But if it die, it bringeth forth much fruit. There's going to be the body of Christ. And he talks about the cross. We have a crossless Christianity today. People believe they just come in and follow Jesus and they're getting houses, lands, and cars and be blessed. Lots of money in the bank. But Jesus said, he that cometh to me, let him first deny himself, pick up his cross and follow me. It's a self-denial, a cross life in order to do the will of God. You can't do your own will and do the will of God. So Jesus said it this way. He that loveth his life shall lose it. But he that hateth his life in this world shall keep it unto life eternal. If any man serve me, let him follow me. And where I am, there shall he be also. And if any man serve me, him will my father honor. Now is my soul troubled. And what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. But for this cause came I into the world. Father, glorify thy name. Then there came a voice from heaven. I have glorified it, and I will glorify it again. God is glorifying his own human back to himself in a progressive glorification of his own human. God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. Well, who is Christ? Christ is that spirit. You see that in First Peter 1, verse 10 and 11, that the Old Testament prophets search diligently into the grace that should come unto you. Searching water, 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 what manner of time? The Spirit of Christ. That's a capital S. The Spirit of Christ. Christ is that Spirit. He is God. He is the Father. He is the Lord Jehovah. The Spirit of Christ that was in him and in them in the Old Testament prophets that's from Samuel, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Daniel, 14 minor prophets, all the way to Malachi, prophesied by the Spirit of Christ. Christ is that Spirit. First and foremost, Christ is that Spirit. Jesus is the Christ. Jesus has always been God, always will be God. He is the Spirit. He is the Father. He is the Lord Jehovah. He is the everlasting Father. When it spoke beforehand of the sufferings of Christ, God's going to prepare himself a body. Christ, the spirit, is going to be manifest as Christ, the man. So the man Christ is God. Christ is Christ. Christ, the man, is Christ, the spirit. It's very simple. First Peter 1, verse 10 and 11. At this time, God said, Jesus said, glorify thou me. And the father comes back and said, I've glorified you. And I'll glorify you again. The people said it thundered. Jesus said, this come not for me, but for your sakes. Now at this time, 
He is going, he's been at the house of Simon the leper. They've anointed the feet of Jesus. Now he's going to go to Bethany. And they're going to prepare the things for the feast of Passover. Now we're going to see that in chapter 13 of John, we're talking about the feast of Passover. Not not the not the feast of Simon the leper, but the feast of Passover. Now the feast of Passover will begin on the 14th day, but prior to the 14th day, on the 10th day of the month, you will separate out a lamb of the first year, just like you did in for Israel in Egypt. You separated a lamb of the first year without spot or blemish, kept him up four days and examined him. And then finding that there was no spot or no blemish in that lamb, a male of the first year, then you would crucify, you would slit his throat and take the blood, put it upon the little and the two-door post, and roast it all night and eat it and be ready to go out in the morning. And when the Lord passes over and sees that blood, he will pass over you. He will not kill the firstborn. The blood has to be applied. There, Jesus at the Simon the leper, 10 days before, there, on the, on the tenth of the tenth, before days before the Passover, the tenth day of the month. That is uh, Nisan, the tenth day, the tenth day of Nisan. That would be when you started and separate the lamb out. Then count four days. That would be the tenth, eleventh, twelfth, and thirteenth. Then on the 14th is the Lord's Passover. That's when you have the preparation. That's when you slay that lamb. That's when it, it's, it is offered up. Then the first day of unleavened bread on the 15th is burial, and it's kept for seven days. So now Jesus is going to fulfill that exactly as it's written in Leviticus 23. We're going to find all these feasts will be done exactly fulfilled as the law stated it would be that the Lord Jesus Christ himself would fulfill it himself. And that's the reason you see in Acts the second chapter when the day of Pentecost was fully come. Not a minute late, not a minute early. Exactly at that time of the Feast of Pentecost or the Feast of Weeks, which is 50 days after first fruits. And exactly at that time, you've got the Lord's, the giving of the Holy Ghost, the Feast of Weeks with the wave sheaves with leaven. All of these feasts will be fulfilled through and in the body of Christ. When they left Egypt, and it's very noteworthy that no generation has ever partook of all seven feasts. The first and the generation that left Egypt under Moses, when they went through the wilderness, 
The next multitude died because they griped and complained, and God killed them. Not mingled with faith. But when it come to going across, Kadesh Barnea, across over the Jordan River, spies seek out the land. Joshua and Caleb said, well, well, label the other ten spies. says, no, we're not. They look like we're just but grasshoppers in their sight. And because they did not, and their heart turned away from God, he turned them back into the wilderness. They had partaken of Passover, unleavened bread, and first fruits. They, the Passover lamb got them out of Egypt. They had eaten the unleavened bread. They had passed over the Red Sea, the Reed Sea. And they had 50 days later, they found themselves at Mount Sinai for their Pentecost. They had done four feasts, but they did not go over into the promised land. They did not partake of the season of tabernacles in the Feast of Trumpets, Day of Atonement, and the Feast of Tabernacles. They were turned back into the wilderness, and there they died. And the children that they said that would not enter in, those are the ones that were circumcised again. Deuteronomy, second law. And they went across, but they had not seen the mighty works that God had done in, in the firstborn of Egypt dying. They hadn't seen the Red Sea part. They haven't seen the law given at Mount Sinai to Moses. They had not partaken of the first four feasts. They only partook of the last three, trumpets, uh, Day of Atonement, and tabernacles crossing Jordan. There's never been a generation that took all seven feasts. But you, neighbor, will. In the last days, God will have a people that will, for the work of the ministry, all the way from Passover, unleavened bread, first fruits, death, burial, resurrection, then Feast of Pentecost, receiving the Holy Ghost, then the Feast of Trumpets, the ministry voice of Jesus for three and a half years. Time, times a half, three and a half years, 42 months, 1,203 score days. To the Day of Atonement and Tabernacles, then will reign and rule with the Lord a thousand years in the kingdom age. There will be a generation. There will be a seed that will be counted for that generation. And that's why it's so important. That we understand the seasons and the times. Because the Antichrist will think to change times and seasons. Somebody said, was that happening today? Of course it is. They say there's no such thing as uh, as a uh, post-tribulation rapture. You're not going through the tr- great tribulation. Well, they think that they thought to change the times uh, of God. When Jesus said specifically in Matthew 24, Mark 13, and Luke 21, this will be a time of great tribulation, and immediately after the tribulation of those days, show the sign of the Son of Man appear in heaven with great, with us out of a trumpet, and send his angels and gather together his elect. When? Immediately after the tribulation of those days. It's plain. We're going through the great tribulation. We cannot change that time. If we do, we're going to bust it. See Judas's carrot when he dipped with Jesus in the sop and he betrayed him for 30 pieces of silver. And then afterward, when Jesus was going to the cross and he saw he had betrayed the innocent blood, he repented. 
too late. Why? Because he had already busted asunder because he had delivered up the Lord there for 30 pieces of silver, thinking he was going to force Jesus, force him to put the kingdom of God now instead of the kingdom age. He literally was bypassing Passover and bread and first fruits. He was bypassing the feast of the Lord. And in the last days of son of perdition, the man of sin will do the same. And those that follow him will do the same. Not understanding the times and the seasons which given to us because we're children of the day. The Holy Ghost will lead us and guide us into all truth. Jesus, as he goes to the Passover feast, there is the 13th. He's been up back and forth from Bethany. He enters Jerusalem on the 10th, or Palm Sunday, where they have the palms and the branches going, Hosanna, Hosanna. Uh, Blessed be he that cometh in the name of the Lord. That is Palm Sunday. That was Sunday the 10th. Jesus was crucified in the year 38 AD. He was born 3 BC, 33 and a half years old. He was born in Tabernacles, 21st day of the of the seventh month, and was crucified on the 14th of Passover in 30 AD, 33 and a half years old, exactly. Fulfilling the law, exactly. Fulfilling the feast, exactly as it is written. He enters Jerusalem on that coat on Palm Sunday. That's the 10th of Nisan. He goes in there. He cleanses the temple. He did it. He did it at the first of his ministry. Now he's at the end of his ministry, three and a half years. He cleanses it again, drives out the money changers. He goes back to Bethany, back and forth into Jerusalem. Then on the fourth day, the third, on the 13th, which is Sunday, the 10th, Monday, the 11th, Tuesday, the 12th, Wednesday, the 13th at night, he eats the Passover meal with his disciples, the Lord's Supper at night. We see that in John 13, verse 39, and says, I'm sorry, verse 30, he then, Jesus, having received the sop, well, I'm talking about uh, Jesus Iscariot, betraying Jesus that night, said he that being, having received the sop, Judas Iscariot, immediately went out, and it was night, that was Wednesday night, Judas had betrayed Jesus, dipping with him in the sop. Jesus said, that that thou doest, do it quickly. It is that betrayed him. And that was Wednesday night on the 13th of Nisan. Wednesday night. Now, at that time, he's going to go to that night, back to, and he's going to Gethsemane. Before he gets to Gethsemane, as he goes, he's going to preach John 14, 15, and 16. And John 14, he's going to talk about, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also on me. And he's going to show them that he is the father of glory. You've seen me, you've seen the father. I say, as I then show us the father. 
He shows them exactly how he is the Father of glory revealed in a body of flesh, in the days of his flesh as a man, but going back to his former glory as the Father, glorified with the Father's own self in John 17, 5. As they're passing through the great orchards and the vines, then he preaches the sermon there in John 15. And he speaks about the vine. I'm the vine, you are the branches. Anyone that abideth in me, and he goes on. They're seeing the great vines there. Jesus walking through as he's going through and coming to the book Kidron to Gethsemane. Then he goes into John 16 about the spirit when it comes will reprove the world of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment. And that he's going to be glorified with the Father's own self and no more. Will you ask the Father in my name? But you ask me, and I say, now I'll pray the Father for you. Why? Because now the Father's given, given unto me. You're looking at the Father of glory. The name Jesus, uh, he has obtained that name, Jehovah Salvation. Not Jehovah Junior, Jehovah. Now he's going to pass over the book Kidron. And in John 17, he's going to say, Father, make them one, even as we're one. That they may be made perfect in one. He that's joined the Lord is one spirit. Then he presses over the book, Kidron. Now we're coming into that day, the 14th day. Okay, there he's 10th, the 10th of Nisan. He has Palm Sunday. He rides into Jerusalem. The 11th, he's still there going back and forth out of Jerusalem, Bethany, back and forth. That is the 11th. Tuesday, the 12th, 13th, that night. He eats uh, uh, the Passover with, with his disciples. Then he goes over the brook Kidron. Kidron is a dusky, dark place. It was a place where Josiah had caused all that had been burnt of the polluted vessels to be burnt and dumped in the, the brook Kidron. The brook Kidron went to Gethsemane. There, the, the wine press, the oil press, Gethsemane. It's the same place where Hezekiah had taken all the pollution and the bale and all that and had dumped it in the Brook Kidron. Same place where David, uh, when he was in distress, was at the Brook Kidron. Jesus is passing over the Brook Kidron. And when he went over the Brook Kidron in John 18, we find in Psalm 110, Verse 7, that he will drink of this brook, the brook Kidron. And that means that Jesus stopped at that way, bent over in this book, this polluted brook, full of things where it had been dumped, of, dumped the pollutions of the polluted idols, and he literally drinks that cup, physically drinks that, that brook Kidron, as he's on the way to Gethsemane. Somebody said, how in the world, why? Because he's drinking that cup of sufferings. You'll find in Psalm 110, verse 7, that he shall drink of the brook in the way. He's in the way, the way to Via Dolorosa, the way of sufferings. Therefore shall he lift up the head. There Jesus drank of that brook, Kidron. He's going into Gethsemane. And as he goes into Gethsemane, you know that he's going to pray there. Take for them, Peter, James, and John. He went on a little further, said, what, could you not 
pray with me for one hour. Pray that you enter not into temptation. After the third time, he said, sleep on, because the Son of Man there is betrayed into the hands. They came out. Judas is carried, betrayed him with a kiss. The rest you know, they there that day on the 14th day of Passover. He's delivered up to Caiaphas, Pilate, and Herod on not Sunday, that was the 10th, Monday 11th, Tuesday the 12th, Wednesday the 13th, 14th. That morning he's taken up there in the Praetorian, the Hall, the Judgment, Caiaphas, Pilate, and Herod. Pilate and Herod hated each other. But because of Jesus that day, they become good friends. They stripped him of his robe. They, they pulled out his beard, yanked his beard out, plucked his beard out. Stripped him of his clothes, put a robe on him, and a reed in his hand, smote him, blindfolded him, said, Thou prophesy, who, who smote you if you be the Son of God? They ridiculed him, reviled him. He was, he was flogged, beaten over a hundred stripes, not, not forty stripes, save one pilot thought to literally scourge Jesus and bring him to death by flogging. So much that his entails were pulled completely, torn out of his back, and had to have Simon Cyrene to carry his cross. On that 14th day, he's delivered up, crucified among two thieves, one on the right, one on the left, and that they should not leave it there for the Passover. They went to break his legs. And they found that he was already dead. And at that time, you'll find that the Jews, because it was the preparation, the 14th day of Nisan, the 14th day is the Lord's Passover. That's when you kill the sacrifice. That the body should not remain upon the cross on the Sabbath day. For that day was a high day. That means he was crucified on Thursday. The next day is a high day. It's a high holy day. That is the fifth, the 15th of Nisan, which is unleavened bread. So you have two Sabbaths. You have a feast Sabbath of unleavened bread. And you have a weekly Sabbath on Saturday, which is the last day of the week. You have two Sabbaths back to back, Friday and Saturday. Crucified on Thursday, the 14th, 15th, that is a high holy day, a Sabbath, a special Sabbath, weeks, weekly Sabbath, Saturday, and then in that third day, Sunday morning, that time early, he is resurrected. He's resurrected on the 17th day, which is the third day, and that third day, which is the first day of the week, which is the eighth day. <laughs> the Lord raised from the dead. And when he said it is finished, he fulfilled every feast. There is your death, burial, and resurrection, Passover, unleavened bread, and first fruits. On the third day, on that Sunday morning, they came to the tomb, being the first day of the week. Mary Magdalene, while it was yet dark, very early in the morning, came to that tomb. You're going to see also in Matthew, and according to his, his gospel in Matthew 28, 1, it says, in the end of the Sabbath, 
as it began to dawn very early in the morning, on the first day of the week, came Mary Magdalene and the other Mary to see the sepulcher. There, Mary and Martha had Mary and Mary Magdalene come to the tomb of Jesus. It's very important that you see in Matthew 28, verse 1, in the end of the Sabbath, that is not Shabbath, S-H-A-B-B-A-T-H, meaning a singular Sabbath, but it is Sabbaton, S-A-B-B-A-T-O-N, a plural of Sabbaths. Why? Because there was two Sabbaths there, Friday and Saturday. The 15th day of Nisan, that's a high holy day, a special Sabbath of the feast, as well as Saturday being the last day of the week, uh, the, the regular weekly Sabbath, uh, two Sabbaths back to back. And it's after the Sabbaths, Matthew 28, 1, and the end of these Sabbaths came Mary Magdalene along with the other Mary, the big, the body of Jesus. He's already risen, uh, there, and we see him on the way to Emmaus. Now there you have it, friend. Why do we go over this? Because all of these feasts of the Lord will be fulfilled in the body of Christ experience. Jesus paid it all, but we will, as a body of Christ, experience it in the work of the ministry. How do we get into the death? We repent. How do you get into the burial? What? No, you know, it means we're baptized. We're baptized into Jesus' death. How? By water, by water baptism, that the body that sins the flesh might be destroyed. That's Romans 6, 1 through 4, Colossians 2, 10 through 12. You have to be born of that water. Water baptism in the name of Jesus Christ. Born of the water and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Born of the Spirit. Then what? Then whenever you're, you receive that Holy Ghost, you're born of the water and the Spirit, John 3. Then there remains three feasts of the Lord which will be revealed and experienced in the body of Christ in the work of the ministry, the ministry voice of Jesus for three and a half years. That's the Feast of Trumpets. That's where we are now. That's where you need to get in contact with us. Call me Dennis Beard, DennisBeard.org, or tune in to these podcasts, SealingGodsPeople.org. Don't miss it, neighbor. Don't miss it. God's calling his people out of these denominations, various heresies, to bring in one body, breaking down the walls that have separated his body for so long. For those that have an ear to hear, don't miss out. Nothing is worth missing this last day work of the ministry. And there, we admonish you in the Lord Jesus Christ. Come out and be you separate. Give us a call, Dennisbeard, Dennisbeard.org. There, the number 903-746-4885. Give us a call. Calling from another nation, one plus 903-746-4885. Love to talk to you. If you have any questions, give us a call or write us, visit us on the web, Dennisbeard.org, or visit us there on the podcast coming to you daily on the podcast, Sealing God's People. Until the next time, this is your host in the spirit saying, uh, Behold the real Jesus.